Well, turn with me to the Gospel according to Luke and chapter 24. Now, if you've been with us at all, you'll know that we have been in a series of sermons called Listen to Him. And where we get this from is when Jesus is on the mountain of transfiguration, that is just to say He ascended a mountain and was transfigured before them, turned as white as lightning. Uh, And when this happens, a cloud comes over and covers the place, which is often an image of the Holy Spirit. And out of this cloud, the Father speaks and says this, Listen to Him concerning His Son. This is my beloved Son. Listen to Him. And so, over the past few weeks, we've been trying, really all through Lent, we have been trying to listen to Him. Now, today is the end of Lent. Can I get an amen on that? Alright, so some of you have ceased your fasting, and now you are properly feasting. And this is right. And this is good because today is, in fact, the holiest day in the Christian calendar. Because if this day doesn't happen, we can all go home, for we have no hope. We are dead in our sins, and death will have the last word. But in fact, as Paul has already said in our lectionary readings, Christ has risen from the dead, and that is a fact, Jack, and that is something to celebrate. Alright, so let us, let us continue our celebration this morning from listening to him from uh, Luke chapter 24. And we want to hear the words here that the, um, the writer says to us concerning the resurrection. We'll just read the first eight verses and we've already read this in our lectionary readings, but we'll read it again for emphasis. But on the first day of the week, <coughs> at early dawn, they went to the tomb taking the spices they had prepared. And they found the stone rolled away from the tomb. But when they went in, they did not find the body of the Lord Jesus. While they were perplexed about this, behold, two men stood by them in dazzling apparel. And as they were frightened and bowed their faces to the ground, the men said to them, Why do you seek the living among the dead? He is not here, but has risen. Remember how he told you while he was still in Galilee that the Son of Man must be delivered into the hands of sinful men and be crucified and on the third day rise. And they remembered his words. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. Help us this morning to remember your words. We pray in your name. Amen. So we've been following Jesus through Luke's account. And many of us have, in fact, heard the word of Jesus today because of these words recorded here in the Gospel of Luke. And so from the transfiguration until Easter morning, which is today, we have focused on listening to him. And today I would ask one more time that you listen to him. And so take a moment, even now, to ask the Lord to help you hear the word of Jesus within this word. Let us listen to your voice now, Lord, by the power of your spirit. Now, speak, Lord, for your servant listens. Notice this. 
the text begins with women on a journey. And this is where we begin too. We are on a journey, aren't we? Our life is a journey. Every story in this space this morning is a journey. And if we were to tell our stories, we would be perplexed. We would be surprised at some of the things that we find, that you find in your story, in our story. And this is what we find here, is a perplexing and surprising story of the resurrection. This was not something that was planned or rehearsed. And quite frankly, they were unprepared for what they were going to find when they got to the tomb. And I don't know about you, but you may feel a little unprepared about Easter. Maybe in your head you had it going one way. You know what I mean? Like all the kids acting nicely, dressed up, taking their pictures with all smiles on their face. And in fact, what you found was kids running everywhere, life going awry, and things not at all what it looked like in your head. And that's how we find life sometimes. That's how we find our journey sometimes, is we are very unprepared for what we find in this life. It's been fascinating to me, even recently, to see how quickly one can drop into the valley of the shadow of death. One minute, you seem like you're flying high on a mountain, doing the whole Titanic thing, you know what I mean? On the front of the ship. And another moment, you know what I'm talking about, the Titanic thing? Okay. I didn't, I didn't, I didn't feel any agreement. And so I had to just make sure that I was on the same page, that we're on the same page. You remember? Whatever that song is, they're leaning over the front of the ship. Then all of a sudden, we find ourselves in the basement. We find ourselves in darkness. And we feel like there's no way out. We can't see anything. And we're tripping over things. And even little things that used to not be a big thing become a big thing in total darkness. Have you been in darkness before? Do you know what I'm talking about? If somebody cuts off the lights, even small things can trip you up. Things that shouldn't can halt your progress, can hurt you. And I've been saddened in recent weeks of how quickly one can go from the mountaintop to the valley, from light to darkness. Jesus' journey was not unlike our own. For he too went onto a mountain several times and enjoyed a time of multitudes, enjoyed a time with his friends. But he did not stay there. Instead, he descended the mountain in order to be with the people and accomplish the mission that God has called us to accomplish. It is not time just to stay on the mountain, for we must continue journeying. Even the mountains in this life are not the end for us. For there is a new heaven, if you haven't heard, and a new earth that he has prepared for us and for all those who love him and long for his coming. Is there anything in us, even a little inkling, that longs for another world? Dear friend, I hope so. And if you have that longing, I promise you there is no other place 
to satisfy it than Jesus Christ. There is no other place to satisfy the itch that we all have, the hunch that we've all been given that this is not right, that things are not the way they are supposed to be. I mean, if we're honest, sometimes in the face of death or suffering or darkness or of a valley, whatever that darkness or valley may be made of, if we were honest, what we really want to say sometimes when people say, how are you doing? We want to say, man, things are not the way they are supposed to be. Maybe you found yourself like that this morning, you know, a little unprepared. Saying to yourself, this is not really the way it's supposed to be. I thought I was going to be feeling something different. And what I found was something of the opposite. I want to say you're in good company. You're not the only one. If there's a bit of disbelief that you bring to this beautiful, mysterious, holy day, I want to say again, you're in good company. For the ones who first witnessed this day couldn't believe it at first. They had difficulty even seeing with their own eyes what was right before them. Personally, I want to journey like these women to the tomb with Jesus. But notice a few things happen here. That we need to be aware of. Number one, they're heading to a tomb. That can't be a good thing. And yet, if we're looking at our life properly, we're all headed toward a tomb, are we not? Just a stone of remembrance. A dark place. Not on top of the boat, but under the ground. Our journey is not unlike the women's journey to the tomb that morning. We too are traveling to a grave, to a graveyard, and more particularly to a corpse. And what a tough word that is, corpse. It's even coarse coming off of our tongue because it's meant to be. It's like onomatopoeia, which is to say it sounds like what it is. A corpse is not a happy thing. And here, they were going to a tomb, to the corpse of Jesus. To spice up a corpse, as it were. And this too is a bit of an anomaly to us. And yet, we try to do it all the time, don't we? We, we say it in this way, poetically, <laughs> if you will putting lipstick on a pig? <clears throat> you can do that. Still a pig. Here's the reality of our life. We have many dead places in our life that we try to cover up with the way we dress or what we make or our position or who we associate with or what we portray on social media. We try to spice up our life with things that will never cover the corpse. The rot will still occur. Even with no matter how many spices 
we put upon this body. That's a sober reality. And that's one that you say, man, I don't know why we're dropping so low here on Easter. Well, the reason (laughs) that we must see properly is because this morning was unexpected for them. They were expecting to be mourning. They didn't know by the end of the day they would be rejoicing. This is a bit of a surprise in the story. If you will, it is a pivot in history. What is dead has now been made alive. But for them, as they're journeying, like us, we too are journeying to a tomb. We too maybe have taken an attitude. And some of us have. And I have fallen in this. Even recently fallen in this temptation to begin to see life as pointless, see life as meaningless, see life as death, a corpse. And when this darkness sets in, it is difficult to see any light in anything. And so everything becomes moldy. Everything becomes a stench to us. And even little things get on our nerves in ways that are ungodly. We become, so to speak, a cold corpse. And you know, the body matters. And what we do in our body matters. It's not just, we're not just a big brain, you know. What you believe in your brain is not enough. It must work itself out in your hands. And so if you find that what your hands are doing is different than what's in your brain then there's a disconnect. You are not a totality. You are not saved. There's not a continuity. And what Christ wants to bring to every life is a continuity between what we think and what we believe in our hearts and what we do with our hands. There must be this wholeness. It's fascinating that shalom means wholeness. It's not just peace, like peace in the Middle East. You remember Anybody remember that? We, we used to do that back in the 90s. You know, peace in the Middle East. It's going to happen. You know, still hasn't happened, but it's going to happen. No, it's not some cheap peace. It's shalom, which is wholeness. It's everything as it should be, not how we often see the world, which is not the way it's supposed to be. You see, here's the good news of what they found. Here's the surprising thing, that once they approach the tomb, Once they are approaching the death of their loved one, what they find instead is a stone rolled away. And what good news is that for us? The stone is rolled away, a stone that they could not have rolled themselves. And actually the reading from this morning at the sunrise service, which uh, looking around, some of you didn't make it to that one. It's all right. That's all right. The dead will rise eventually, right? Um. Our reading this morning said that an angel moved the stone and there was an earthquake and he sat upon it. Like what? Big deal that was, you know. Um, But you know what? We meet stones in our life, don't we? I mean, some places in us are so dead that the best way to illustrate what they are is stony. There's no flexibility to it. It's just dead. And the scripture, the prophets, they speak this way, don't they? Ezekiel. He says, don't you know that God wants to take your stony heart and make it a heart of flesh? In other words, he wants to resurrect us. 
He wants to roll the stone away. And, and, and we meet many mountains and obstacles and stones, if you will, in our life. But Jesus, He alone can roll away the stone. And that is good news for us, friends. He's proven it once and He wants to do it in your own heart. Many of us, as Jesus indicted the Pharisees on, look nice on the outside, but on the inside, we're a tomb. He wants to roll that away. He can, he can roll that away. And what good news to know that when He rolls it away, the light shines in the darkness. I don't know about you, friend, but the times where I have allowed the light of Christ into my tomb, this tomb, my darkness, the warmth that He brings was better than the coldness of the dark. And praise be to God that He can bring us back to life from the dead to new life. He can take a stony heart and make it a heart of flesh. He can take the law that was written and etched in stone and put it right in here. So I don't know what you're looking at today, but if you're looking at a tombstone, if you're just trying to spice your life up with the next new thing, I've got good news for you. Jesus can roll all of that away and give you real life, everlasting life, resurrected life. He can take a lifeless body and bring it back to the, from the dead. And not just resuscitation. You see, everybody else in the Bible was resuscitated when they were brought back to life. You remember the, the story where where there was a battle going on, and the Persians often did this. They would expose the body to, to the uh, elements and to birds. Um, they wouldn't bury them, in other words. And so one of them was an open grave, and they, they quickly threw a guy over into the grave, and he touched, who was it, Elijah? That was Elisha's body. And he immediately jumped up alive again. All right, we're ready to go to warfare. <laughs> like, whoa, you know. I mean, a dead The dead body of Elisha, someone touched it, boom. Same thing with Jesus. When Jesus comes around, here's the thing. That body was was sealed for resurrection, Elisha's body. And Jesus, let me tell you, when he comes around, all of a sudden the dead things become alive. You remember what happens when he resurrects? The saints of God that were dead start coming out of the tomb and walking around in the city. You see, when he comes around things start coming to life again. It reminds me of of the Chronicles of Narnia and of Aslan. Remember, when he just comes around, the place starts warming up, and all of a sudden, winter turns to spring. Some of us are in a season of just winter, and it's cold, and it's dead. But let me tell you something. There's good news. Spring is here. Because Jesus springs forth from the dead for us. And he can spring our cold bodies back to life. And so, so if you have unbelief today, you can believe. Not in some fairy tale or some myth, but rather in the fact of the resurrection. For in Christ, 
Not only has he created a new community and a new humanity, but also he has made all things new. And he wants to make all things new in you. He wants to roll away the past for us and open up to us something entirely unexpected. This is what happens today to the women. They are there expecting to mourn and to take care of a body, a dead body. And instead what they find is a stone rolled away and no body. And that is something to celebrate. It's a mystery, yes. And at the time, they don't even understand it. You can see the perplexity of the text and of their own thoughts here. They don't know what to do. They go and tell somebody, though. And so what do we do because of this story? I mean, sometimes we have a difficult time understanding what exactly resurrection is about. And I'm here to tell you, I don't know all of what resurrection is about. I really don't. I'm unprepared to tell you that. But I know this, we are confessors of the resurrection and we become, when we believe, witnesses of the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Just as Luke is witnessing this through the women, so too we become his witnesses. This is why our confession today is, he is risen. (laughs) See, you're confessors too. And then the important part, because it's one thing to confess, but it's another thing to believe and walk in it. And that's where you become a witness. A martyr, literally, in the Greek, martyr. Has Jesus come near you? Has he made the dead life? Has he caused the darkness to be made light? If not, he can, because he is risen. He is risen indeed. And this is what we confess as the church. And here's what the scripture says. Jesus said to her, or, 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 yeah, Jesus said to her, I am the resurrection and the life. Whoever believes in me, though he die, yet shall he live. And everyone who lives and believes in me shall never die. Do you believe this? That's what he says to her. And that's what I say to you as a witness of Jesus Christ this morning. Do you believe this? No one said it would be easy. No one said the journey wouldn't be easy. But as Peter so aptly put it, Lord, to whom else shall we turn? Who else has the words of life? Is it materialism? Is it individualism? Is it money? We know these things really are just spices that will rot and lose their scent. But there is one. There is one who needs no one to spice up his body because he is not rotting. Instead, he is resurrected from the dead in his body, seated at the Father's right hand in his proper place of authority as Lord. And the proper confession of any Christian is that Jesus is Lord. And this, of course, is the first confession of the church, that he is the Lord of all. But notice, dear friend, 
He must be Lord, not just of all, but of you. Is he? You know, their tombs were made of separate rooms. And I like to think of my own body and interior life having these various rooms. And some of those rooms are sealed up pretty good. In other words, you ain't getting in anytime soon. You know what I mean? But Jesus, he wants in. If he's Lord, he needs in. And this stuff, sometimes when we hold these things, sometimes these things will grow in the dark, you know? You ever had like this mold stuff that when it's exposed to the light, it dies. But in wet darkness, it thrives and it grows and it becomes a beast within. And some of us, some of us, I can just see it in my mind's eye and I don't know, I'm not, I'm not a seer. Let me just put it that way. I'm a pastor. I'm not a seer, S-E-E-R. Which is to say, I can't see into you. And that's a good thing, okay? I don't, I don't want to. I really don't. Um, it's fine for me not to. I've seen enough in here. That's, that's enough. Similar to, <laughs> to uh, the Harry Potter series, some of us have this very magical castle, and yet in the piping of our castles is a big snake. It's a big serpent lurking. We don't like it, but it comes out sometimes, and, it's, and it, you know what it does? It turns people to stone. But you know what Jesus is in the business of? Turning people from stone to real people. Rolling away the stones. You remember, it reminds me, of, you know, all, all these great stories always pick up on the same meta-narratives and archetypal stories and symbols. And this symbol of a stone is the same way. You remember in the Chronicles of Narnia, right? When the wicked witch pokes you with her, whatever, wand, ice wand, you turn to stone. She had all these statues of people, various positions of terror. What does Aslan do when he rises from the dead? He goes and he breathes upon them. What does Jesus do when he rises from the dead? He goes and he meets with his disciples. And the text says that he breathed on them and, re- and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Why? Because, friend, if we're honest, we're stone cold sometimes. And some areas of our life are really stony. We really don't care. We say we do. We have all our southern niceties, you know. Oh, bless his heart, you know. What an idiot, right? And deep inside, we're just stone cold. Don't you want to be warm? Isn't it nice to bask in the sunlight as we did this morning at our sunrise service? How warm, how beautiful it is for a new day. Well, I got news for you, brother and sister. It's a new day. Sunday always is a new week. And with the resurrection of Jesus Christ, it begins a new humanity, a new epoch, a new story. All of a sudden, within this terrible story, happens something that is so terrible we can't understand it, that then turns into something so great we can't deny it. And maybe we're here on Easter like me, and you don't understand it all. You can't get it all figured out. 
But you can know this, that we must confess today this. He is risen. And that we must then walk from this place as his witnesses. Are you willing to witness the resurrection of Jesus Christ in here? Because it must be in here and not just out there to have any effect on the tomb of our heart. Do you have any stony places in your life? Have you felt like you've been in a winter? (laughs) I've got good news. If you confess with your mouth, this is Romans 10.9. Jesus is Lord. And believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead. Guess what? You shall be saved. I need his saving power. I need his saving grace. I don't say that as a charlatan. I say that as a fellow brother and sister in the confessing community. For this right here at Harvest Point is a confessing community. We may not get everything right. We don't get everything right. But one thing we make sure we get right is who we confess as Lord. And we walk out of here every first day of the week striving on our journey to witness to the goodness and grace and resurrecting power of God in our lives. Today is no different. For today, we witness just that very thing, that He is risen. He is risen indeed. Do you believe that? Have you become His witness? Friend, if not, He is here. And He is ready to bring His power into your weakness. His light into your darkness. His Spirit into your spirit. Will you receive Him today? I sure hope so. What better day than Easter Sunday to say yes to Him? In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, we believe this. Amen.